Today's episode of The Watch is brought to you by Jaguar, the art of performance. To learn more about the all-new Jaguar XE, visit jaguarusa.com. I need sports to have to clear the room. Stand up and walk. Now. Hello and welcome to The Watch. My name is Chris Ryan. I am an editor at TheRinger.com and joining me in the studio, Paperboy, Paperboy, it's Andy Greenwald! This is a special one. This Quick. is fun. All right, we recorded, we're recording this actually a few days before you're actually going to hear it because it's Labor Day weekend. Time travel. All got plans, but we wanted to make sure we hit you with this for Tuesday because tonight, uh, I think it's safe to say, our favorite new show is airing. Tonight it's on the FX, this is the debut of what I think is, without question, the most exciting, the most adventurous, the most entertaining, the most essential, dare yeah. I say, show, new show of 2016 is premiering, Donald Glover's Atlanta. Yes, and you know what? It's been a fantastic run for TV, actually. I've just, it, yeah. maybe there hasn't been a huge high volume of stuff that we've been able to like always put in, in the show, but when you go back and you think of Game of Thrones and you think of Preacher and Night Of and Stranger Things and everything else that's yeah. been happening this summer. Yeah, when summer, I say this is really good, I didn't mean to suggest that it's been a dry spell. No, I just no, mean no. that this is the culmination. Which is only a higher compliment to Atlanta because despite how much I love Night Of, despite how much I love Stranger Yes. things and everything else obviously Game of Thrones I, Atlanta's probably my favorite show of the year it, it so I got to see the pilot in January and I basically wanted to kick down my door and tell everyone in the world yeah. about how amazing the show is I'm so excited everyone else is gonna get to see this show too this is so fully realized it is so exciting and artistic and imaginative and here's the thing like it could it could have been successful if you had stripped away a bunch of the things that make it great. I mean, just the fact that the, the, the eye that it turns towards a subculture that we find particularly fascinating, which is hip hop subculture of Atlanta, mm -hmm. um, that, you know, that's kind of the Dainu thing, like that would have been enough. But you add to it the, the love and affection that it has for its characters, for its world, the point of view entry point that it chose for this world, which is certainly not at the very top. This is not a Richie Finestra like in his glory moment. Yeah. This is about people at the very bottom of the ladder trying to climb the ladder, and it treats them with real respect and empathy and interest and curiosity. Um, all that would have been enough. And then you get to the fact that in speaking about the show that he created, Donald Glover said he wanted to make Twin Peaks with rappers. So you just throw in that soup song of weirdness. This is this is the show. Yeah, so I think that there's natural it's natural to make comparisons and parallels when you're talking about like the golden age of television maybe even post golden age mm -hmm. as we've seen t television enter more of an tourist uh, era you know the showrunner is now becoming the director mm -hmm. showrunner sam esmail's directing the filmmaker this, basically yeah the filmmaker and i you know that is you you're naturally led to say like oh is this like 70s american cinema and television now and i i usually would would say well no because this that and the other thing is happening but this is the kind of show that makes me feel like that's true this is the kind of show that makes me feel like the bravest most interesting most compelling art 
filmed art is being made on American television right now. And when you think about it in comparison to shows like I Love Dick, and you think about it with Girlfriend Experience, and all of these shows that are happening within a half an hour, mm -hmm. that have new voices that haven't usually gotten to be heard in a ever on it, in this kind of medium and 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 new new subcultures new worlds new communities new talent new, not that yeah. the communities are new but no, 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 new on, to the screen on television. Yeah. And, and when you think about that i think that's why it feels so refreshing and alive right now i think that the fact that amy simons and jill soloway and don glover are making television and you're you're you kind of feel like i don't know these stories this isn't the same old shit over and over again i watch atlanta and i immediately love the characters i immediately love the world but what I also loved, just as a fan of the art form, was the feeling of, holy shit, this is so exciting. Mm -hmm. Anything can happen in this show right now. There's a moment in the second episode, I'm not gonna spoil anything, when there's a knock on the door, and we were talking about knocks on the door when we were talking about Mr. Robot last week, and a heavy-set dude in a Batman mask is at the door. <laughs> Why is he wearing a Batman mask? Right. We don't know. Right. We might never know. But give me the Batman mask. Yeah, that's what I want. It's there. There's that. There are people on this show that even if you're like, oh, that's kind of like the Kramer, but yeah. it's not. Like Lakeith Stanfield, who's on the show, is probably going to be the breakout star. This dude's you're a gonna, star. Yeah, it, he's in Straight Outta Compton, but like he was Snoop in Straight Outta Compton. Yeah. And by the way, can we just do a sidebar to say that when when they write the book about like the actors who define this generation or whatever. Short Term 12 might be the secret urtext. I know, man. Because, first of all, great movie. <laughs> Second of all, that movie stars Brie Larson, Rami Malek, and our man Keith Stanfield. Yeah. They are all the stars of this movie, and you should check it out. Um, so basically, I mean, in case anybody needs the, the yeah, elevator need pitch, the... Uh, Donald Glover plays this kid, this guy named Ern, who's in his late 20s, early 30s. Yeah, he's... He's, moved, he's, he's living in Atlanta. He's left Princeton. And he's living in Atlanta selling uh, credit card accounts at uh, the airport. By commission. Yeah, basically gets a commission off of that. One thing that I fucking love about this show is that it deals with not having any money in your pocket. Yeah. Like, that is so rare to see on a television show when it's not, like, it's, poverty. You know what I mean? It's, it's just, like, he can't... There, there's, like, an incredible episode where he basically, like is so vexed about how to pay for a dinner that he's taking his girlfriend out to. Mm -hmm. uh, there's just so much like reality in just very little gestures that Th happens there's in There's so much story to be mined. You know, I, I, think I, I think I wrote this in a piece once for Grandland. Like, there's so much story to be mined from something as simple and obvious and inevitable and everyday as financial struggles. Yes. But very often, the people who are writing the shows are removed enough from that right. they don't remember it. Right, and they want to make it like a Don Henley song where it's like, I've been looking out the window and thinking about stuff. It's my favorite Don Henley but song, by the way. it's just like sometimes you just have a lot of money in your pocket. So and that's he, like, that makes going to get dinner weird. So he's in Atlanta. He's sort of shuttling between his parents' house and his girlfriend's house. Yes. They, have a, they have a daughter. Uh, she, um, oh God, I, I, I told myself I, I would write down her name because I think this actress is tremendous too in her part. She plays Van. Hold on, let me find her name. You keep um, talking. Uh, and, and basically, he they, there's an ongoing, perhaps series-long argument between them, which is becoming adults and responsible, and whether that means he should, they should both give up on their more artistic or personal dreams. She wants to, she wants to be a designer and open a boutique. He, in the beginning, doesn't seem to know what he wants to do, but in the pilot, finds out that a cousin of his is suddenly popping off as a rapper named Paperboy, a trap, a, a trap house rapper, basically, and earn puts himself in the situation of saying, I want to be this dude's manager, and finds himself in a world that I think maybe he was supposed to not be a part of. But 
Chris, just uh, what was the website you used? Was it uh, Ask Jeeves? <laughs> it was Quora. <laughs> it was our sponsor. <laughs> IFDB. Ask Jeeves. Uh, Zazie Beats? Yeah. Zazie Beats? Yeah. By the way, she's Jaleel Beats' younger sister or something? I don't think so. That's I don't think they're related. Fucking amazing. Um, she's tremendous. So he, he ends up hanging with his cousin, uh, Paperboy the rapper, mm -hmm. and uh, his consigliere, who's played by Keith Stanfield, who we were just mentioning. And it, it just burrows in deeper and deeper to the silliness, the quotidian whatever of being, whether you're being a drug hustler or you're trying to take your girl out to dinner or you're trying to become the biggest rapper in town. Everything is shot beautifully and interestingly on location in Atlanta. Mm -hmm. Donald Glover's collaborator is this director named Hiro Murai, who does exceptional work throughout. And I, I, you know, the, last week we talked about, we were talking about the night of, um, and there's a moment in the night of when, in the finale, and this is not spoiling anything if you didn't watch it, but there's a moment when the wizened prosecutor, um, her work day is done. Helen Weiss, yeah. Helen Weiss, and she, you suddenly see her work pumps appear on the table, and she walks out of the courtroom. It's some sketchers, yeah. Yeah, it's sketchers, basically. And I was like, that's the show. Yeah. Like, that's a story, that's a moment, that's true. Sure. And I love that there was room for that. The way I feel about Atlanta is that it is in a series almost entirely made up of those moments. Yes. It's just exceptional with the specific details of those moments, whether it's when they go out, they, they, this moment they get, they get wings and the guy says something funny to them. Uh, it's the moment when, you know, it's moments in bed between Urn and Van. Every tiny moment is observed and real. And then the real trick, I think, is that by building a show out of those tiny bricks, uh -huh. They made some really smart choices about the big plot-moving mechanism yeah, we'll, that they hitched we'll them to. We'll keep talking about this show. We want people to be able to see it, so we don't want to jump too far ahead of it. I will say that the one, you know, Rembert Brown, our buddy, did a really good piece on Donald Glover yes. in New York Magazine. And there's a quote in there where Rem quotes Glover had, at event, you know, Hiro Murai never made television before. He had not done narrative work really mm -hmm. before. And at some point during the shooting of Atlanta, Glover goes up to him and he goes, "Is this how? Is this normal for a show?" And Hiro Murai turns to him and says, "I have no idea." You can kind of tell that in a yeah. great, great way. Now, that being said, it is very polished. It looks like a million, like a hundred million bucks. It yeah. looks fantastic. But for instance, the protagonist in a lot of television shows is usually the audience avatar. Mm -hmm. So they come into a situation and they're like newborn babies. They're like, yes. I don't know what's going on. Explain to me how like, this works. That's Animal Kingdom, the, like any yeah, any show. Any, it, usually, if it's a younger protagonist, it's a new lawyer coming to a firm. It's, it's a new doctor. It's, it's Meredith Ol Grey showing up at Grey's Peggy Olsen's Attic. first day of work as exactly. a secretary. Exactly. This is different, and this is where I think that, like, yeah, I'm not really going to play by television rules. Works is Earn has his own shit going on. Yeah. Like Earn has a backstory, and Earn has mystery, and Earn like knows what he's doing but doesn't know what he's doing and it's not as simple as your audience avatar doesn't always have to be as dumb as the audience also here's a sign of real like just big balls bravery or confidence in what you're making mm -hmm. um and we're gonna obviously we'll talk about this next week when people have seen we'll do it on the re-up next week when yeah. people have seen the second episode but i i absolutely fell in love with the show in the the the, the pilot but I felt like in a, to a deep, committed relationship in the second episode. And we won't spoil anything about the second episode. I just wanted to mention, to, to mention it that what other show in its second episode separates its main character from the main plot right. in a way that is really fascinating and very cool and takes some turns that are, you, you'll have to wait and see them to believe them, but puts us in, 
basically in the house with Paperboy and his yeah. dude in a way that any other show that was trying to other them would not. Right. They are whole people too, and we're going to know that about them. The other thing I really, really love about the show is that, um, you know, it's been, it's been, a, it's, television has really been investing itself, and really good television shows have really been investing themselves in being period pieces. We've talked about why some of the reasons that might be, whether it's because storytelling is easier without the internet because there's not as many shortcuts, or perhaps it's because T television networks know that to sell a show in perpetuity, it helps to have them not be instantly dated by three, four and, years later of technology. And also, uh, to, to sell a show with some, some, some sizzle in the room, sometimes that sizzle can be, oh, they're all going to be wearing suits and fedoras, or right. they're going to have Tommy guns. Right. Like, that becomes the hook, and it almost doesn't matter what, what spackle you use to connect So I it. love Stranger Things and the Americans and Halt and Catch Fire and all of that. <laughs> you, you don't love the Americans. I'm really, it's really cool to have a show about now. About right now. Yeah, it's really, really cool to have a show that's just like, yeah, that was yesterday. That was that was yesterday in Atlanta, whatever. You know what I mean? Like, it. I, I felt that way too. Like just, you know, you just don't get a lot of shows, like a lot of network shows that are set in the present day don't feel like they're set anywhere at all. Yes. You know, it's like Vancouver but, as Atlanta, as New York. But think about this. Think about one of the excitements of the last few years of TV has been Oh boy, when, um, think about when Mad Men gets to uh, the oh, moon yeah. landing. Yeah, yeah, wait till Let It Be comes out. That's gonna be a big yeah, deal. Yeah. Oh, when, you know, when Summer of Love hits, like we knew these events were coming. I can't wait till Mike from Stranger Things discovers R.A.M. Exactly, or God forbid, <laughs> hits puberty, because that would, as you said last week, that would just end the show. But, um, or similarly in Halt and Catch Fire, it's like, oh, what happens when someone invents CompuServe? Well, I guess that already existed. Bad example, doesn't matter. What I'm saying is, just think about the electricity around a show like Atlanta where we're like, Atlanta's just there. Yeah. It can respond to anything. It can respond to things that haven't happened in our world yet. And, and by the way, that's a false construction. It doesn't need to respond. Yeah. It can just be fueled by. It can, it can feed off it, of it. It's not Whatever. even. It's alive. It's not, yeah. I guess it's not even what I'm responding to isn't even like the date as much as it's vibrancy. Yeah. And it feels very vibrant. And at the same time, retains a very unique Lynchian kind of, you know, like what's going on? Like, the, it, like the, the it's, it opens with a moment of deja vu. Yeah. And I would say that my highest compliment <laughs> I could pay to this show is that I feel like I've been living with it for a really long time, even though I've only seen two two episodes of it. And it and it reaffirms my theory that not just is it's not just that the half hour right now is the most malleable and creative form for TV. It's essentially the most pleasurable delivery oh system God. for TV. You are so right. It. it I mean, I, it's I. No, you just are, you know. It's like you and you can do such complicated things. I hope we get to talk about I Love Dick a little bit more uh, later on. That's Jill Soloway's new show on Amazon that the yes. pilot went up. But that is another example where it's like really dense, pretty um, like complicated ideas about feminine sexual power and authorship and creative, you know, self determination. Like thirty two minutes. Yeah, and then if, and then if you enjoyed it, eventually. I mean, there's only a pilot of that show, but you can watch more. Yeah. It's and awesome. then when you watch these hour-long shows, you're like, "What the fuck are you doing, man? Like, well, what do you do? What, what did you? Why did you have that scene?" There's there's so much time. There's so much extra space. And I think that the feeling of at the end of a the end, like, if we think about the greatest Breaking Bad episode, right? You think about like Ozymandias. Mm -hmm. The feeling you're left with at the end of it is breathlessness. You've been punched in the yeah. gut, and you are emotionally drained and exhausted. And that's incredible when art can leave you hung out to dry like that. But there is something about a a, a, a half-hour show when it is just taking flight and you are so excited. Yes. It fills you with joy and it's pleasurable and you can watch another one and you can watch another one 
and you could still. I think uh, this is a much longer conversation, but I think the caveat to your idea is that those shows need to exist on streaming because I don't. I think the half-hour show with the three commercial breaks yeah. is still like an unsatisfying experience to watch a new girl that is basically three six-minute blocks. That's absolutely true, and I realize I'm, this is coming from a position of great privilege because they sent us four yeah. Atlantas, yeah, yeah, yeah. and I'm still saving the fourth one because it's too it's it's too good. Like I'm too excited to watch right. it. Um, all right, man. Well, we can't recommend the show more highly. You should check it out. We'll be talking about it a lot over the next couple of weeks. Uh, we'll try to do a show Thursday about something. We'll talk about some stuff. Probably a robot. You'll, I think we're, we're going to do the Hacking Robot after show. Yeah, Hacking Hacking Robot. Yeah, but Hacking Robot returns this week after Mr. Robot live uh, Wednesday, September 7th. You're, you're going to be in New York. I'll be, yeah. God, just going just gonna to be just in New York, just up in my business, I'll my call own you. business. I'll call you. All right, man, talk to you later. Good job, Ritzky. We know it is a little rude to interrupt, but while we have your ear, let's have a brief conversation about manners. As the British like to say, manners maketh the man. So it's no wonder that Jaguar's first ever compact sports sedan, the Jaguar XE, and their first ever performance SUV, the Jaguar F-Pace, are well-mannered. They both put you at ease the moment you enter, remain composed in almost any situation, and know when to make themselves heard. For the full Jaguar guide to manners, please visit jaguarusa.com. Thank you, Jaguar the art of performance.